1: Hines Education Foundation's Get to
2: College program. Based in South Haven, Jackson, and Ocean Springs, Get to College advisors help students and families plan and pay for college. Learn more at woodwardheinz.org. Good
3: morning. It's 830 on Friday, March 22nd. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a brand new law could make Mississippi the toughest state to get an abortion. But will the courts ever let it see the light of day? Then more on a new disaster request from Governor Phil Bryant to President Donald Trump for victims of recent storms. Plus, a closer look at the impact of nutrition on type 2 diabetes. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi's governor has signed into law one of the most restrictive abortion bills in the country. The heartbeat law makes it illegal to have an abortion after a fetal heartbeat is detected, which is about six weeks of gestation. After the signing ceremony, Republican Governor Phil Bryant talks about the new law and whether he thinks it will end up in court.
4: If they do not believe in the sanctity of the life, those that are in organizations uh, like Planned Parenthood. Uh, We will have to fight that fight, but it it is worth it. Uh, I think the Attorney General will carry that fight uh, to the courts, as we will uh, with uh, our support behind him and others that will be a part of this. But uh, I have been sued over everything from balancing the budget uh, to uh, fighting for the right to life. So we will go to court and, and defend our beliefs.
3: Laura Durant is president of Pro-Life Mississippi. She tells our Desiree Frazier she's grateful for everyone who worked on the bill this legislative session.
0: And we're just thankful that they have that uh, initiative. They have given that initiative to save the life of uh, babies and to also um, protect the mom, just as the governor said. There are things that will happen in the life of the mom after the abortion that we try to uh, express would not be if she just delivered the baby.
1: Have you been lobbying for this bill?
0: Not lobbying as such, no. I don't do that. But certainly praying that um, it would pass and that the right would be
1: done. People who feel that um, abortion should not be the decision of government in the sense that uh, legislation should not block a federal law that makes it legal, what are your thoughts about that?
0: I really think that um, the real question is, does the mother really have the choice to take the life of a, a human being? Uh, as far as the gov- government, I believe they are trying to fight for all of us and our freedom, freedom of speech, uh, just the freedom to breathe life. So, you know, the mother, um, that's her body, but it's not the only body that she's carrying.
1: So the mother should have the child, even though it may not be in her best interest, maybe emotionally, financially, or whatever the decision is that she wants to make regarding that?
0: As Pro-Life Mississippi, we are here in the state of Mississippi to help that mom. We help them financially. We help them with food. We help them with utility bills until they get on their feet. So there are many, uh, Mississippi has many outlets to help that mom, and we will adopt it. We tell them every day, let us adopt your baby and would love to. We have people, uh, so to speak, in line to adopt children, and we just feel it's a God-given gift, and we need to protect it.
1: So what do you say to people who say, you know, Mississippi is a poor state, we have so many children that are living in poverty already, that this may not be the best approach because there is so much need that maybe." should focus on how to help these families to be able to take care of themselves so that they can be productive.
0: And I believe there are places there, here, that are set to do just that. And as I said before, that's what we try to do. We help the moms, and uh, we give them counseling. Uh, even after the abortion, if they should go that route, they do get counseling if they want it. We try to help them to know how to budget their money if they will let us, if they will let us allow us to do it.
1: At this point, will there be very many abortions? Because we're talking about as soon as a heartbeat is detected, which could be six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, before the woman knows she's pregnant.
0: She knows by then, by that heartbeat, she knows. I'm I'm thinking. But, um... If if that's the case and we have no more abortions, then we put our money and our voice somewhere else to help those children that you spoke of that are in need, the moms and the dads. We've given clothes, we've given beds for these moms. Just this past year, two or three families that just needed beds, and that's what we're here for, to love them. The mom, we are not down on her at all. We want to love her and the dad. There, as you saw in Alabama, there was this dad that's suing because the abortionist, because he wanted to keep his baby. But the, the mother would not allow that. But he's the dad. Uh, we're working.
3: Laura Durant of Pro-Life Mississippi. Cassandra Welchlin is with the Mississippi Black Women's Roundtable and the Mississippi Women's Economic Security Initiative. She thinks the heartbeat law will have a negative impact on Mississippi women, as she explains to our Desiree Frazier.
5: You know, it's quite um, problematic um, that we are in 2018 and um, we are, you know, putting bills um, on the books that will restrict women's access to do what they want with their bodies. Uh, We cannot, um, you know, legalize every moral thing that someone thinks is a moral issue. Um, A woman deserves to choose. And so now what I know is that that is definitely going to be challenged, um, you know, in court. And so at this point I just think it's just pretty problematic that we're in twenty, you know, nineteen and having to have books um, laws on the books around this and we have so many other things. Um, life is not just at you know, at conception, right? Um, it's not just in the mother's womb. Life is a continuum, and we have so many other issues, you know, in this state that deserve a lot of attention and deserve, you know, funding. When we talk about, again, you know, a woman's uh, wages, you know, when we talk about, you know, um, education, healthcare, all of those things are just so important. And so, for this to go into, you know, um, be on the books is pretty problematic.
1: Uh, Critics say that um, this bill will end up going to the Supreme Court because there are other states that are also doing the same thing, and that is the goal, to bring down Roe v. Wade. Yes, we definitely have heard that, that
5: that is a strategy around that. I think it will, uh, if it does get to that, um, there will be a lot of rallying. Um, around this particular issue for a woman's right to choose and we have not heard the end of it. Um, It will be challenged but it's also going to cause a groundswell of women um, to come in defense of her right to choose and so um, it's not over yet and it just even more for me um, lets me know how much more education and organizing that um, organizations like myself and other partners such as Planned Parenthood Southeast have to do um, to organize our people on the ground and educate them and, and call for some action.
1: We have one abortion clinic in the state. Will this clinic shut down? Do you know? I don't know the answer um, to that.
5: Um, I do know there will be efforts you know, on the ground to make sure that that does stay open. Uh, we do not want um, archaic kinds of problems to happen where a woman, one, um, begin to perform, you know, um, have situations where she then puts her life in jeopardy because she's doing unsafe abortions, or um, where a woman has to go miles and miles and miles outside of, you know, Mississippi to get what she needs. Now, We already know that this is, you know, a barrier, you know, money is a barrier. And having to travel to get the services that she needs, you know, is problematic. So um, there's going to be a lot of, you know, organizing um, around this particular issue, but we just hope that people will pay attention to that and begin to speak up on both sides of the aisle, not just, you know, women who believe in the right to choose, but also pro-life women as well, because we know this is a very difficult situation. We never know how women get themselves in this situation or who puts them in a situation like this. Um, you know, I, women get raped all the time. Uh, women, um, you know, just have a right to just choose not to, you know, ha- do whatever they want with their, ba- their bodies. And so I just think at this point, um, we just have to stay awake and make sure that women um, on both sides of the aisles can have a say-so in this because it's a very difficult, you know, decision to make for any woman.
3: Cassandra Welchlin with MPB's Desiree Frazier. Coming up, more on a new disaster request from Governor Phil Bryant to President Donald Trump for victims of recent storms. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
5: The Gestalt Gardener.
4: Is it possible to plant green peppers, sweet peppers, and hot peppers in the same area, or will the hot peppers cause your green peppers to be hot? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a little of both. Well, the hot peppers, what will cause the green, the sweet peppers to be hot, but that's, that's the only thing that'll be hot is the seeds, that little white member. Right. Might, might want to peel that out, unless you just like to grin when you eat, because a little heat doesn't hurt <laughs> anybody.
6: And for more garden advice, tune into The Gestalt Gardener today, 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio.
3: Governor Phil Bryant is asking for a federal disaster declaration to help Mississippians affected by weeks of flooding. It's the second such declaration the governor has requested since the start of 2019. The first followed a series of tornadoes that crossed the state in February. Governor Bryant talked about Mississippi's disaster response so far this year.
4: Uh, tornadoes that have occurred uh, causing great damage throughout the state of Mississippi. Particularly, more people are familiar with Columbus than other areas, but there were other areas that had been damaged. Some 1,000 homes had been affected um, and and have been affected and and 300 destroyed. Uh, Now we're moving into a time that began uh, on or about the 19th of February when heavy rains moved into the state and we began to see flooding uh, and uh, rivers rising. This has become a, a situation now that we are looking at over 500,000 acres uh, that w- uh, that is currently underwater in the Mississippi Delta. Uh, not only destructions of property that is ongoing there because of the flooding, but an agricultural disaster that is in the making.
3: The governor says his latest request is on the way to Washington now.
4: I will tell you that the first. Um, Uh, Order of emergency, uh, declaring a a state of emergency, uh, occurred on the 26th of February following the tornadoes that occurred throughout 54 counties uh, in the state of Mississippi with some damage, 54 of the 82. Uh, We requested that federal disaster area uh, by a letter to the President of the United States on the 14th of February. Uh, due to those December storms, uh, later again uh, on the February 26 declaration, uh, we have uh, worked carefully with MIMA to uh, try to assess the damage. As I said earlier, 54 of the 82 counties with some uh, damage to it. So a short time ago, I signed uh, another request for a federal declaration uh, of disaster from the president of the United States. Uh, that request went out today to the president Uh, and we expect to hear uh, from them uh, very soon about that uh, for relief in and around the flooded areas. We will have additional information we will be able to uh, furnish to the president and to FEMA uh, after some of the water has gone down. Quite honestly, it is impossible just now for uh, our personnel to get into the flooded area to determine the exact amount of the damage.
3: The governor... uh Greg, excuse me, that was Governor Phil Bryan, of course. Greg Michelle is executive director of the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency. He says help is available for Mississippians who were displaced by recent tornadoes. He tells MPB's Jasmine Ellis more.
6: Temporary Housing Assistance Program is a program that we fund through the state's disaster uh, trust fund. Uh, it is uh, it's state funded. And what it does is it provides uh, temporary housing assistance, uh, either through rentals, um, uh, primarily it was short term, so it would be for, for rentals, uh, apartments, houses, whatever, until that federal assistant catches up so uh, once that federal assistant kicks in then then the federal money pays, and the state will stop but it 's it's, it's designed to you know people that have been um, displaced from their homes due to you know whether it be tornadoes or flooding. Until their homes are repaired or they find another property, then we help them through that period of time.
0: And how
5: long do people have for this application process? I know it opens tomorrow, which is Friday.
6: Right, it opens tomorrow. It's going to be open uh, for a period of about 10 days, I believe. Um, Let me double check that and see because I actually have it in here. Uh, They're going to open on March the 22nd and will be open until the 26th. So they have about five days to go by there and apply and uh, do their applications. And then from there, they'll, uh, their applications will be vetted. Um, they'll be given all the instructions about what they'll need to provide. And it's, uh, it's renewable every 30 days.
5: How many people are you anticipating who will be uh, needing your assistance with temporary housing?
6: So for planning purposes, based on the damage assessments that we've completed thus far, and that does not include some of the homes that we cannot get into, uh, but there's about somewhere in the neighborhood of about 300 homes that would have fit the categories for that. So um, you know, around 300, and we certainly know that everyone will not, uh, you know, a lot of people have staying with family or friends, or they've made arrangements on their own, but, um, you know, we don't expect that many, but there is certainly a large a large, uh, uh, number of people that would, would be eligible.
5: How long will this temporary housing last for people who are selected to stay in that temporary housing?
6: So the housing would be they'd be eligible for that through the period of the uh, of the declaration and again it would just depend on how long it would take for their homes to be repaired and be able to go back so it just it just it's based on a case by case basis.
5: What can people do to help those who are in need?
6: Well I think the first thing is is that you know let's identify what those needs are. Um, there are a lot of people that have already come uh, forward obviously to provide uh, food clothing you know the first priority is to always make sure we got shelter. For everyone, and then do those people have uh, food and water, and do they have clothing? So those are the basic needs we want to address first, and then from there, uh, the local emergency management agencies continue to communicate and be active in their communities to identify any other unmet needs. And that's where my agency kind of comes in: is when there are uh, unmet needs in those communities, then we help to resource those things either through. My standard emergency support functions are through nonprofits like Red Cross, United Way, uh, or any of those other uh, nonprofits that, that are out there for these particular purposes.
3: Director Michelle, thank you so much.
6: Thank you, Jasmine.
3: Coming up, we'll take a closer look at the impact of nutrition on type 2 diabetes. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
4: Award-winning filmmaker Ken Burns returns to MPB-TV later this year with Country Music, a documentary that will chronicle the history of a uniquely American art form. On March 29th, you're invited to a special preview screening on the story of the great Jimmy Rogers at PV Headquarters in Meridian. The screening will be followed by a discussion with the producers of the film. For more information about this special screening from Country Music, visit ardenland.net.
3: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi's rate of type 2 diabetes is second in the nation, behind only West Virginia. But Mississippians with the disease don't have to resign themselves to a life of drugs and insulin shots. That's according to registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator Kathy Warwick. Warwick represents the Mississippi Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. In this National Nutrition Month conversation, she talks about how diabetics can use food as a tool.
2: Carbohydrate is the nutrient in our food that, when we get it completely digested, turns into glucose, so it is the one that most affects our blood sugar levels. And we in the South have a very carbohydrate rich diet. You know, we love our black eyed peas and butter beans and corn and cornbread and, and rice and potatoes and. And those are staples in the South, but and they're not off the menu when you have diabetes. But you have to be aware of how much of those you eat, you know, the portion size. And then think in terms of a small quarter of your plate having the starch piece and the other half of the plate being full of those colorful vegetables, like the the green and yellow and orange, the carrots and squash and zucchini and okra and tomatoes, which are all part of our good Southern diet as well, but more of the 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 fiber rich, uh, leafy type vegetables or crunchy type vegetables, and and just being careful about our portions of those starchy vegetables.
3: What is the worst thing about having diabetes? What are the health hazards?
2: You know, diabetes doesn't cause anything drastically wrong with you if you keep your blood sugar in good control. I think that's the message. Diabetes that's well-controlled, you can live a long, long healthy life with diabetes. If you don't pay attention to your blood sugars or you don't tend to control them for years At a time, it takes a while. You can do damage to all the blood vessels in the body. Um, You've probably heard some, you know, horror stories of folks that say they've, you know, lost their kidney function and had to go on dialysis, or they lost a foot or a toe because the circulation in their in their legs and feet got blindness. Our blindness. It's still the number one cause of blindness. What I think is the awareness that control of blood sugar is going to prevent those complications. But if I ignore it, or like I've, I've had clients say to me, um, I take my diabetes medicine, I'm not going to worry about what I eat. Um, but you can out-eat any diabetes medication we have. Do you meet
3: with people one-on-one who have been diagnosed with diabetes and, and help them with nutritional choices?
2: I do, and I also teach um, the, a nationally recognized class at St. Dominic's Hospital, our outpatient diabetes classes. And the, the good thing about that is that a lot of the insurances, including Medicare and Medicaid, will reimburse for those classes, and they follow a, a specific outline, and we try to discuss all the different things that folks with diabetes need to know to stay healthy and stay out of the hospital. That's our goal, really. What is the biggest question you hear? Biggest question is what to eat. Um, that's the one that bullies everybody. And it's something they face every single meal. You know, I don't, I don't know what to eat. I'm, I'm scared to eat. I'm scared. I go to the grocery store. I read labels. I don't know what I'm looking at. The frustration sometimes with the advertising on the front of the package. And then when you learn to read the label on the back, you realize maybe the advertising was a little misleading. Things that say low fat or low calorie or reduced fat or natural. Those terms are not necessarily indicative of the fact that that food is love, perfectly okay. Low fat may have a ton of sugar in it. Exactly. And so it's very confusing for folks until they learn a little more and get that confidence about what am I looking for in a particular food product, say processed food, a, 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 a meal that you can put in the microwave. How do I choose the best one if that is something I need to be able to use once in a while. So, so a lot of it is about food.
3: When my son was eight, he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and his endocrinologist told me he will go through a grieving period. Absolutely. All people with diabetes will go through a grieving period.
2: It's true. It's just um, there's the n- denial a lot of times at first, and, and then that grief, and then you kind of get to an acceptance place, and then it's, it, it can cycle. Um, when things happen in your life. Um, I've had several patients that did really well for a while and then started taking care of an older parent and maybe that parent dies and they don't get to take care of themselves as well and then they are dealing with the grief in other ways and we can all kind of fall out of our good habits and and then have to kind of muster up the strength to start again and and to pay more attention to the diabetes. But it's it's a doable thing. It is a controllable disease. We've got lots of medications and lots of tools, but we've got to spread the word that it can be controlled and that it's not a death sentence when you are diagnosed. Kathy Warwick is a registered dietitian, certified
3: diabetes educator, and represents the Mississippi Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's the Gestalt Gardener. Then at 10, it's Next Stop, Mississippi. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online by visiting mpbonline.org. You can also download the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. Or you can subscribe to Mississippi Edition in your favorite podcasting app. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again Monday morning at 830 for the next Mississippi Edition, only on MPB Think Radio.
1: Support
2: for MPB comes from the Woodward Hines Education Foundation, committed to helping more Mississippians obtain post-secondary credentials, college certificates, and degrees that lead to employment. More information about Woodward Hines Education Foundation